Welcome to Permeable Minds with Ethan and Yvonne. Every episode we'll be bringing you a new topic to share and discuss. Remember there are no wrong answers and all we ask is for you to keep an open mind. We can't wait for you to take part and join in the conversation. Hi, Permeable Minds listeners. We have three very special guests waiting in the wings today. Today is our third listeners panel. And once again, we are making a comeback when it comes to the food episode. And the three guests that we've got on today made pretty convincing arguments as to why they wanted to join. So I wondered if we could start by introducing yourselves and you know, trying to convince us why you should be here, why this episode out of all of the episodes. Ela, you've been on the podcast before, so thank you for coming back to the listeners panel. Um, do you want to start off? Yes. Hi, everyone. I'm back this time again. And uh, uh, I don't know if you remember, but uh, I'm from Italy. And I think that's a valid enough reason to be on this podcast. Yes! <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> Yeah. I'll accept I have a it. lot of, of opinions about it, and but also because I've traveled quite a bit, so um, since before my travels, my opinions have changed a lot. So I'm here to share them with you guys. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, good evening, uh, Pamela Minds friends. Uh, my name is Richard. I'm I'm a wine and cheese professional. I've over ten years experience. I have traveled the world. of sampling lots of different foods from lots of different cultures and I'm here to absolutely prove food is incredibly sacred um, and I want to prove you wrong. <laughs> I can't wait Richard. <laughs> and last but not least. Good evening my name is Tom. Uh, my first job was washing up in a pub. I spent most of my adult life working in catering and hospitality so I've got very much a lived experience and since getting out of that horrible orbit, I have a passion for it still. I can already see Ethan's face. He's so worried. He's it so de- worried. It definitely sounds like I'm the least qualified. So, you know, I can't wait to hear what everyone's got to say, to be honest. <laughs> well, all I can say is thank you so much for joining. Like I said, I... I feel like you all have your reasons and I just wanted to start by thanking you for sharing them. Uh, like Ilaria said, I think being Italian is is being qualified enough. Um, and I say the, mo- the most recent thing, thing that's happened and it was kind of my rebuttal to this episode to start off with. Um, I don't know if you've all seen the clip that I posted today of me trying Ethan's stir fry. Do you want to share your thoughts Unfortunately, nobody can see Richard or Ilaria or Tom's faces right now. They are giving some good old gestures to the camera. Ila, do you want to take the lead? Spaghetti is a, it's a, obviously a cuisine. It's a delicatessen back home in Italy. Off you go. Okay. Um, I don't really know where to start with this. But, okay, first of all, I haven't tried it. So I cannot really say whether it tastes good or not, but I am 100% sure that you don't put spaghetti in stir fry, especially like with the soy sauce, I think. It's like, 
a big, big no for me, <laughs> at least. It's um, a hate crime, isn't it, for you? Yes, I think so. <laughs> but as, as I really, we're going to talk hate crime. <laughs> it's an abomination. <laughs> yes, I'm really sorry, Ethan. I, I, I it might taste good, but it's just not doable. <laughs> well, you can do it, but still. Um, I think that, especially for Italians, uh, the cuisine, and it's part of our culture. So that's why for us it's like sacred because um, we use the food to socialize, to, to, to gather together, to be together and gather everyone at the same time and share our lives and everything. So I think that's um, a big point, like where you can, how can I say, like, uh, food for us is everything basically but of course everyone has opinion and opinion is valid so I'm not here to point the finger and be like oh you shouldn't at all have it because if you're okay with it fine just maybe don't come to Italy and do it and and, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and have my like I don't know grandma tried or like my friends they would be just like what the hell are you doing here <laughs> like why <laughs> you know I mean, yeah, no, I completely understand. And I think I said this in the last, like, the episode before. It's something that I make for myself. I don't think, I mean, Yvonne is probably the only person, only other person that's tried it. Because okay, it's not okay. something that I make for other people. It's something that I make for myself because I know, all right, I've only got these ingredients at home. So I need to eat something. I don't really care. For me, it tastes fine. Yeah, Done. Fair enough. Fair enough. If it's for you, it's okay, then it's fair enough. What's the genesis of it, Ethan? Was it like a lockdown, you had no carbs in the house, or did you mad, mad professor it? It predates lockdown, for sure. But it is, it's often because I don't have other types of noodles, right? Especially in the UK, like the Chinese noodles that you get in supermarkets aren't as good. So normally you have to go to a specialist and sometimes I just don't want to go. Sounds like a desperate student dish at the last minute of, right, what have I got? Oh, I just use that. And what's wrong with that? It's an art of desperation. Art of absolute desperation. It's sacrilege. It's just wrong. So, Richard, you're, you know, British born and bred. Why is it such a, a bad thing for you? Because I'm also going to chime in afterwards. I think, you're, I think you were very kind on, on your video to Ethan. I think you were probably too kind just because you were, and that's your nature. Um, I think you were, you were just being very nice to him. I think the words very nice is, oh, damn, it's awful. Just I can't say that on, though, on, on the video. I've got to say it's good because otherwise it will just be average um are you I, calling me a liar richard no i'm just saying you're you're just being really you're, you're trying to be really respectful and nice and caring because you like the guy um and you're friends with him as well um i just think you were just being too nice to him I okay think. can i already make a comeback um live on this podcast i have been abusive to ethan i don't know if you'd agree <laughs> yes it's wonderful <laughs> So I definitely wouldn't say I'm too nice. He even, you know, switched off the camera and was like, tell me what you really think. <laughs> and then I had seconds. Seconds don't lie. That's for sure. Seconds don't lie. Did we leave any? No, no, we didn't, no. No. 
Apparently, I portioned it perfectly. So, <laughs> I'll be honest. In the video, it looked a lot better than what was going on in my mind when I was listening to the podcast. So, fair play for that. And to be honest, me and Richard both, and Yvonne as well, both being English, uh, our country is built on taking other people's food and bastardising it. So, it's a bit pot kettle black at times. Would you ever try it, Tom? Uh, yeah, I'll try anything once. Um, like I said to you a while ago, I've worked for a, or I did a couple of years of work with Weatherspoon, so I have seen things, <laughs> and I wouldn't be above trying that. Hilaria, have you ever been to a Weatherspoon's? Uh, no. Tom, do you want to give us a rundown for Hilaria <laughs> and every other person that doesn't know what goes down in a Weatherspoon's kitchen? So they are probably the biggest pub company in the UK. They've got like close to 900 pubs and they serve cheap food. About 50% of the menu is microwaved. Uh, they're known for selling very cheap alcohol. They're known for having people coming in at eight, nine o'clock in the morning, having a beer. Um, they've got their place. There's some very high-end fancy Weatherspoons. I had my job interview in an old Bank of England building in central London. And then there's some... Uh, like the ones I worked in, which are not as glamorous. And the price as well, like you said, cheap drinks, but also like we're talking £5 for an English breakfast, Ilaria. Yeah. £3 yeah. if you're a student. Back in the day, 99p pints. But, but like, why would you go to a place to eat microwave food? You know, like you can... I if don't you don't have a microwave yourself? Uh, for a long time, we used not to have one in my house for a really long time. Like, I think it was like up to four or five years ago, we didn't have any microwave. That, I'm sorry, <laughs> that is a staple, like, British appliance. Yeah. We That's rely different. on microwaves. Ethan, do you have a microwave? I don't. It's not, like, out. I've put it away because I don't ever use it. Shit. We've got two in our house. <laughs> <laughs> And can I just, you know, I would say, I don't know how long ago the episode came out, maybe two, three months ago. Um, I would probably be sitting on the side of the fence with Ilaria and Richard. I thought Ethan was just talking absolute shit. And I was just like, it sounds disgusting. It looks, you know, ambiguous. I would never go there. And I haven't actually said this to Ethan yet. I was saving it for this podcast. Um and it comes with it. It's kind of like a backhanded compliment. So watch out, Ethan. There is a slap, but there will be a nice ending. Okay. It was probably, if you count taste alone, mm -hmm. the best stir fry I've ever eaten. Wow. Okay. Right. It's probably yeah. down to taste the best stir fry I've ever eaten. Mm -hmm. Therefore, if it was made with noodles, it would have like hand down been the best stir fry I've ever eaten as a whole. So that's why I'm kind of like, as a backhanded compliment, in terms of taste, it was exquisite. And I expect you to cook me plenty more meals in the future, right? <laughs> Sorry, I mean, I'm Yvonne, just like laughing I mean, at the, the gall that you have. I mean, Yvonne, asking morning, for more. I walked in and said, is Ethan on drugs this morning? That's the first <laughs> thing I said to you. Is Ethan on drugs? And apparently so am I. Um, you just make such tasty food. I don't know what the fuck you did, Ethan, but it was delicious. 
saw that That's, MSG. This <laughs> but therefore, if you would have gave me noodles, I would have hands down given it an 11 out of 12 out of 10. It was so good in terms of flavor. But obviously, I can't rate it as highly as if you would have put noodles in there. I want to know. First of all, thank you. Um, secondly, you're welcome. I'm not. I'm not entirely convinced. Okay, but okay. What do you mean? But in terms of like noodles, like there's so many different types of noodles. You definitely need to pick the right one. So I can, you know, like the noodles I have, I have Chinese noodles. Those would definitely not done the job. I can tell you that. Right. The spaghetti would have been better. Why? Because sure. they're way thinner. They're way softer. So once you like cook them, and if you try to stir fry them, they will clump up like really quickly. Well, like egg noodles. They're not egg noodles, no. So like those ones, I don't ever. So you think fry. actually the spaghetti is enhancing the dish? Compared to the other noodles I have at home, yeah. But there are other Asian style noodles that could do that could work. I just don't have them in my home. Okay. I think I know what I'm getting for your birthday. But I do want to know everyone else who kind of is hating on this, is it more I can't believe you're eating this? Or like, oh, I don't want to eat it. Or is it some I don't know, is it even on a level where you just can't accept it like i don't i don't i'm not sure what the gripe is i know Ela is like okay you do you i hate it but you do you that's fine but richard richard especially i don't know about tom <laughs> but are you against are you against me actually having it no i think from my point of view it's because it's something i wouldn't have considered before like i think in this country there's a very clear divide of what carb goes with what meal and mm. to to cross-pollinate in such an extreme way. <laughs> Although it's it's not that extreme when you consider it. It's it makes sense if you think about it from a very basic point of view. I just don't I don't think it would ever be one for me. Fair. But Ethan, but, you uh, don't put spaghetti in oil. You just don't do it. It's just wrong. What? You just don't put spaghetti in oil and then cook it like a, in a wok. It's just that's just awful. That's just wrong. Ela might want to say something about that. I mean, it depends because I know like um, this comes from like um, old times where the, um, in Italy during the war times and stuff like that. You obviously you don't throw any food away. So when you make way too much pasta. You actually make um, how do you say it's like um you actually fry it as like a like a frittata, you know, guys. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So like you take it, like you take the um, and you made fried pasta, like not deep fried, but it's also like a, a fried pasta, like especially I would say uh, from the south of Italy, so that you don't waste anything. But Ela, that's beautiful. That's sexy. That's beautiful, sexy Italian foods. That's not <laughs> yeah, okay, cook it well, like yeah. a like a, a, a wannabe uh, a Chinese stir fry. Oh, no, uh, yeah. no, wait, hold on. There is no wannabe Chinese stir fry. It's not. I I didn't make it to imitate Chinese stir fry. I didn't make it to imitate Italian food. I just made it as food. Yeah, you just made it with like you had you had in your fridge and that's it. 
Yeah. I'm not trying to imitate anything, right? Okay. Is that more acceptable for both of you? Well, I mean, if you like it, fair enough. <laughs> I don't have anything else. I mean, to I, I, I want to thank Ela for proving that you can put like you spaghetti can, in oil and cook like, it. Like, for me, uh, when I started traveling, really, and uh, then I spent one year in Germany, one year in Australia, that let's say, like, Australia, first of all, doesn't have like a food culture basically it's mm. all the other countries that bring the food culture because you can find plenty of italian uh, restaurants like a lot of like that's where i discovered like uh, thailandese kitchen uh, chinese like anything that's uh, in italy might be a bit less known and also in germany as yvonne can say well she's also from england so <laughs> it doesn't make that much of a difference <laughs> I have no opinion when it comes to food. <laughs> the products themselves are not as good as in Italy. So, like, I I guess like it's it's hard for someone to understand our passion about the food, you know. When you don't, when in some countries there's not that uh, that much of a culture. Why do you think so, you guys are so passionate? Because I would say the Italians. Uh, maybe the French in some ways have like a thing about their food. Um, why are you guys so passionate? I try to think about this and look somewhere. And I think that it's ma mainly because it's just, um, as I said, it's part of our culture. Like you grow up with all these unwritten rules about food that you just know and you don't even, you don't do. You, like I tried uh, many things for the first time when I went abroad because before it was like oh no you don't put like cheese on, on fish or like that pineapple and pizza was like, like weird like you have like unwritten rules which is also I've yeah. never had cheese on fish ever it, it's fine don't try it it's okay <laughs> you'll be fine <laughs> but is that not kind of like the white wine with fish red wine with meat type thing sorry is that kind of you don't put cheese with fish kind of in the same way that it's just not the done thing to have red wine with fish or white Absolutely. wine with meat or vice versa? You very rarely mix wine, the uh, white wine with and red wine with the opposite. Um, I know in Germany they do occasionally mix it, but that's very rare. It's much more of a German thing, but it's much more the specific grape variety of the region. Um, and white is sacrilege if you do if you try and drink red wine with a white fish you so you look honestly they look like you like you're you clearly they know that you're not from that area or from the individual country and also like um it's mostly because of the taste because when uh red wines usually are a bit more stronger and intense in the taste and it will go and cover the, uh, for example, the, the the taste of the fish that's really delicate, and and everything is made to enhance enhance the 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 other like the products. That's why we do all these things to to make the best out of the eating experience. And the flavor profiles and, from the food then yeah. complement the fish. Um, I think Ila would agree with me here that the. The, the flavor profiles of, of what you're drinking with the food complement it hugely and actually make it better in some cases. Yeah, and like there are like whole experience, a whole experience. I cannot like 
it's hard for me to to explain it because when you don't have this kind of like this type of culture people are like why just like it's just some cheese on 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 the on on the rice cheese on the on the fish or whatever and i'm like i get it it's fine i do understand your point of view but for for us it's just like this experience this sharing um socialized sharing like we do everything based on food like if i have to meet with some of my friends we just don't say like let's go for a pint i just say let's go for like pizza. let's go for something so we sit at a table and we talk even i remember it from uh, our erasmus days when me uh, obviously started talking about our cultures and she told me that she would rarely eat at the table with everyone while us, like even now that I'm, uh, I'm still at home. Uh, every lunchtime I go to my nonna's place and we eat all together. And at dinner we all eat at the same time at the table with a cloth on the table. Something that when I went to Australia I was like, you cannot, you cannot buy tablecloth. A tablecloth. Like, what? Like for, for me it was like, oh my God. <laughs> So as it's like sharing the moments and then, um, I don't know, it's just sharing and the experience with like, we have 20, 20, 21 regions in Italy. And I don't think one, one life would be enough to try every single dish, like different dishes from different parts, different regions and different parts of the regions, which is crazy. <laughs> it's, a lot so I don't I think that's that's why we're so passionate because it makes it for a whole experience the it's taste experience. and with, yeah. with with the people um I don't know I think that's that's why and also the the fact that we have a lot of different products and they're fresh like I remember uh feeling the difference like uh tasting the difference from an Italian tomato and a German tomato it mm. was just like water just not taste that that's probably also why we have a, a good variety of, of food and everything. I can definitely say, like Ilaria said, eating at the table and having like an experience is definitely a like it's not really a thing for me. Um I don't know if it's the same for you, Tom, obviously being British. Um is is and again you come from like a catering background what's kind of your experience growing up british is it really important to eat at the dinner table what are your thoughts six days a week no but on a sunday you sit down and that's it and even now in my mid-30s still um sunday sitting down having a proper meal uh as a social thing is still fairly intrinsic um does it have to be a Sunday roast? No, not always. I mean, at the moment, uh, me and my wife are living with our in-laws, so it's been a bit of a battle, but I've won them over to having something that isn't a roast on a Sunday every now and again. <laughs> so this weekend, just gone, um, did like a Eastern Central European meal. So it was schnitzel, uh, Viennese potato salad, cabbage, and all the pickles and gherkins that you could desire. Um, but it went down well, and it was something different. And uh, dog was my best mate afterwards. <laughs> Would you say you're quite experimental with food? Uh, yes, I think that is mostly down to the fact that my wife is vegan. So we have had to be quite 
experimental to do stuff. Um, so to keep her involved in, well, not involved, but to keep everything inclusive, we've had to be a bit left field with some stuff. Uh, but these days, there is very little that you cannot replicate with dairy-free cheese or chickpea water or coconut milk or anything like that. They're always around everything. Richard, did you want to chime in? Yeah, I think food is is absolutely sacred in the context of there's so many things now that can be have not done 20 years ago. Um, I agree with Ela and Tom completely. Um, I think there's always cultures, changes, shifts, really interesting new creative stuff that's coming through. I, I just feel that um, as someone who trained in food, studied food, it, it all comes down to cultural, like Hila was saying. It, it's it's very much of, of generation upon generation things. There's some things that ultimately I cook at home that I would never serve to anyone. Um, and I'm, I'm actually curious to try Ethan's dish as well. I will happily try it. Yvonne, you can quote me on that. For lunch Change your tune. Um, well, it's more, Tom, it's more of, of... Has my kind words towards Ethan's dish convinced you, Richard? Oh, I'm... Your fake as someone, kind as, words. As someone, fake. as someone whose German professor says you make love to food and food is based on love, um, I suppose I have to eat my words and say, okay, I've got to actually embrace what he said as my professor and actually say it. So thank you, Joachim. Um, I will try, I am prepared to try his dish. But expect me to be brutal, Ethan, if it's awful. Um, and, and obviously the fact that it, apparently it was better with the chilli oil, I, I'm, I'm prepared to give it a go. I mean, yeah, um, I expect nothing less. Um, I mean, Yvonne's trying one of my favourite dishes tomorrow that I'm cooking her for lunch. So I'm hoping that um, she gives some honest feedback on that. Otherwise, I'm going to look really stupid tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to uh, explain? I'm, I'm a bit, um, I have the same sentiment. Okay, I can't really say that. I feel like I'm a changed woman ever since trying the stir fry. Aged woman. (laughs) Do you say changed and aged? Um, I was very sceptical. And between Ethan, and at this point, I've got to shout out my friend Palak. Um, So Palak also worked with me and Richard at one point. Um, She was the one that let me try the tikka masala pasta. And Mm. those two flavors together I thought you're an absolute mad woman but again one of the most delicious pasta I've ever tasted Ela please feel free to block me from from now on but Richard what are you going to be cooking for me tomorrow or making for me tomorrow uh so I'm doing a classic beautiful well done feta and bacon sandwich with tomato with a hint of Dijon um served with nice beautiful Marks and Spencer's bread um it's a, a British take on what I would call a more modern BLT. Oh, you didn't sell it to me like that, Richard. <laughs> I call it an FLT. So it's um, a feta, tomato and bacon sandwich. I want to try too now. Too bad I'm too far away. <laughs> wait, wait. FL, it's not an FLT then. It's an FTB. All right then. All right. Okay, clever clogs. Uh, <laughs> Come on. I can see Tom trying to work it out as well. It's like FLT. There's no bacon in that. <laughs> oh, hang on. There is bacon in there, Ethan. Come on. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, so it's not an FLT. Sorry. On me. Um, is, is there anything but salt in that, though? Because it's feta, which is a very briny cheese and bacon. Um, so the, the bacon's well done deliberately. Um, and yeah. it, it's quite crispy. Um, the feta, um, if it's um, 
nicely thinly sliced evenly sliced over the over the sandwich um it is beautiful it is literally heavenly um i actually went on a date with a girl and i actually said yeah try it and she said oh my god it's changed my life to be honest it does sound really good and that marks and spencer's bread Mwah! chef's kiss for that <laughs> <laughs> well to the point i actually went marks and spencer shopping for yvonne tonight i picked out the best baker i could find um <laughs> sweetest tomatoes it's all about the sweetness of the tomatoes which takes the salt off the uh the, off the of the uh the bacon and the feta i um, mean it all just well beautifully rounds it together um i would say serve it with a nice glass of red wine but that's just it's too early at uh, 11 o'clock in the morning in the uk <laughs> never too early never yeah ask your German. 11 o'clock is a bit early for lunch though <laughs> Is that the most concerning part about that sentence, Ethan? 11 is way too early. It's so early for lunch. Um, yes. So I'm glad it sounds delicious to you guys. I don't think I like the combination of bacon and feta. Don't embrace it. Because honestly, come on. Yes or no, we have a cheese and bacon sandwich. Do cheese and bacon go together? Yes. But cheese is such a wide encyclopedia of tastes and flavours. I agree the with reason. That. The reason brie works with bacon is because it's creamy and it takes okay. the edge off the I'm, I'm going to challenge you, Tom, as an expert in food and as someone who is like me, been in food a long time, try it. Okay. And, and I... Ilo, you try it as well because I'm, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. If it's terrible, I will buy you both a bottle of wine of your choice. Okay. <laughs> I will say, Richard, I'm seeing a lot of parallels. Cheese, feta, noodle, pasta. Yeah, you don't put cheese on rice. That's disgusting and oh my God. illegal. Thank yeah. you. It's just wrong on every level. Um, Wait, no. who said that was what? acceptable? Colleague number one in the in the, in the original episode. Correct. Yeah, Colleague, I think number so, yeah. Yeah. Colleague number one. Colleague number one. Okay. Um, and then you said something about Cathedral City not being a cheese. It's plastic. Blew it's my plastic. mind. It's plastic. It's plastic cheese. It is literally plastic cheese. Sorry, Cathedral City people, but it is plastic cheese. What if we were sponsored by them, Richard? You would really well, fuck would... our sponsorship right now. I mean, I would be. I mean, to be honest, free I'd cheese. Go, I mean, I'd tell them to get a, a, a sack their head creamer because they, they they need something. They need something wrong. I mean, honestly, they're on drugs. It's plastic cheese. Ela, would you like to interject? I mean, um, it also depends on how you cook the ingredients. Because again, we put cheese in rice, but if it's risotto, so you make oh. it creamier, creamy. What type of cheese? Yeah. Oh, how can I? Um, fontina cheese. Yeah. You know? It's kind of like gorgonzola sometimes, mm -hmm. which is very mm. strong. That wasn't what I was expecting. <laughs> but. Uh, not like if it's risotto, so you basically make it like, kind of like, how do you say, like you broil it, kind of. Not like as, um, I wouldn't put it over like a boiled rice, you know, like the rice that you use. Like sprinkler. Sushi, like, yeah, mm. yeah, oh, that sounds disgusting. There's only one cheese, and I think hopefully Elia, as an Italian, as a proud Italian lady, would agree with me. There's only one cheese you can put on rice that is acceptable with any shape of recognition here, and that's Parmesan. What she just <laughs> mentioned, too, that is on rice. That's not Parmesan. It, yeah, it, <laughs> but she's in a, and obviously, I'm, in a, I'm, I'm a cheese person. I've studied cheese, but then 
I'm not Italian, so... Are you Italian-splaining? <laughs> Richard, you mentioned a lot about wine pairings with particular foods and stuff. Yeah, um, 100%. Beautiful. But, like, I, for example, our colleague, I'm sure she won't mind us shouting her out. So, Fausta, you also agreed with, you know, particular pairings. Again, a very proud Italian lady, but from the South. And I... I don't really drink wine, so honestly, I don't give a shit. Oh, Yvonne, I've got so much to teach you. <laughs> I've got so much to teach you. Honestly, there is a whole encyclopedia on it. It's, it's so, honestly, I could literally bring you a book in and you'd be amazed. Man, oh, I could go on about this for a whole podcast on its own, honestly. But um, if I don't drink wine, what would you expect me to drink? I expect you to drink. Well, I know you like this particular cocktails that I know you like, and I know you like beer. So I hate um, beer. Well, I mean, you, well, hang on, hang on. A minute, hang I on hate a beer. Yeah, but okay. So, what do you drink in the in the in the beer house uh, when we go to the beer house on a, on a Friday evening? Gin or prosecco. Well, okay. I mean, we could talk about gin and prosecco then, as we could match those. I'm, I'm sure we could do something with those, because also there's actually a beer qualification now where you could actually be a beer professional. And also they do do beer matching these days. Tom, please back me up here. There is such a yeah. thing as beer matching. They do. They do. However, I'm a bit of a heathen. I just want you guys to remember that she did a whole, like a whole semester in Germany. And I've never <laughs> seen her. Ila, she did a whole semester in Germany and she didn't drink Riesling. What's wrong with her? I don't know. She didn't so drink many she didn't drink no. Risa Beginda or, 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 or Pinot Noir or, or Riesling. I mean, what hold happened? up. Why would you drink wine in Germany? Germany and the Czech Republic, the birthplace of beer. I agree with that, Tom. But also if... beautiful wines in, in Germany. Beautiful, beautiful. And also some good Czech wine as well. associate wine in Germany. It's massive. The Riesling industry, that is the home of Riesling. <laughs> Can I That's also quite... say I didn't drink when I was in Germany total? I might have had a yeah. cheeky cocktail to dance the night away. That was about it. Yvonne, what's wrong with you? Are you on drugs? Is that your comeback for everything? It's, no, it's, it's not. a bit here, Richard. <laughs> Did you I pop a drink. few before? <laughs> I just can't believe you didn't drink anything in Germany. I was drinking for her too, no worries. She was drinking for the <laughs> both of us, exactly. Tom, based on you know your own kitchen experiences and stuff, is there anything... Is do you believe food is sacred? Is there anything that you think, Ethan or Yvonne, you you discussed me or like you said, are you open to trying everything once? I'm open to trying most things once. Um, I used to work with a chef who used to have a few mantras he lived by. One of them was, "If no one dies, it's okay," but the other one was, "Anything's a pasta sauce if you're brave enough," and I think that's something to live your life by. Um, Look at Ela's face. <laughs> uh, to be honest, I I don't believe anything is too sacred um, with regards to food. Uh, I am a big beer fan and there's a lot of snobbiness in that world. And I think people really get too caught up in it. If it makes you happy, then go for it. But I'd like to caveat that by saying fuck cheese and onion crisps <laughs> well Yo, done, hold on well no, done, you've gone too far you have gone too far there is a line you've just crossed it no Ethan, <laughs> I agree I mean there's this flavour and then there's just 
synthetic cheese and onion crisps. You've got to you've got to actually have proper British quality crisps that are cheese and onion. The, the essence of flavour is so important. Synthetic, it's just awful. Honestly, oh man. Good Why have you got such a hate with cheese and onion? Also, we're just talking it, about cheese and onion crisps. You're talking to... about we have to get the better one. That still yeah, cheese and onion go, crisps. You, you've got to, you can't go Walkers. That's too. It's kind of what? Uh, no, I'm sorry. You've got to go Burt's. You've got to go Devon, Devonshire, or, or kind of proper local small company. Honestly, oh my goodness, Tyrrell's amazing, but amazing Walkers. Meh. meh. So cheese and onion still is good. That's what yeah, you're saying. But just the walkers, just know, which is awful. But, By oh. the way, Ela, this is like the epitome, epitome of British culture fighting <laughs> over fucking crisps. Yes, Tom, like, please I lead the way. Anything else to say. So it is very noticeable. You've got the very upper middle class kettle chips, which are <laughs> Tory crisps. Um, Thanks, Tom. <laughs> But, oh my but like, you do get what you pay for with Chris. So I will agree with that. Yeah. And if you go and get the Audi own brand or the Tesco budget ones, you will find that you get some crisps that are no flavor at all. And then you'll get some crisps that are just like the salt and vinegar will melt your face off. So undoubtedly with crisps, you do get what you pay for. Um, and it's fascinating. I live about two minutes drive from the Tyrrell's factory. Uh, and it is wonderful. So hang on, are you not Tibbles converted then, because you live so close to it? Well, you can't rock up there and go and buy them. Um, you just get looked at funny by a load of HGV drivers. But yeah, I, I think, I think crisps. You can tell a lot about a person based on their crisp choice. If you say, "What's your favourite flavour of crisps?" Wow. Um, and I regularly do, kind of like an icebreaker. What's your favourite flavour then, Tom? Uh, sort of winning and McCoy's, the stronger the better. They've got to really like make your mouth go. So, so the brand matters 100%. Uh, yeah, but then I would also say that McCoy's, Squares, Discos, um, I'm gonna go for Walkers given what my name is. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't see anything wrong with Walkers or Lays as they're known on the continent. Just to give the context, exactly. Would you be shocked or disgusted that my favourite brand of crisps is Worcestershire sauce? What brand of crisps? Sorry, flavour. I mean, I mean, to be honest, that just sounds like Yvonne Betts, to be honest. I mean, quirky and unique, I have to say. Rare. I mean, that's vintage Yvonne. Let's be real. That's vintage Yvonne. Have you ever tried any like that, Ela? Uh, I think I've tried, I don't know, I've maybe in Australia, mm. but like, even in it, like when I went there was, and I saw all these kind of different flavors or even like, I don't know, Cheetos or things like that. I was like, okay, like in Italy, it's just been like a, a few years that we have like a more different, um, shit. yeah, but it's still very like, um, classy i mean not not that it's not classy but like italian style you know we try like we have the barbecue barbecue sauce one but we also have ones with like cherry tomatoes or like with um 
lime and um, pink uh, pepper. You know, those kind of like... Very specific. Yes. Very specific and less, uh, like, I don't know, I would say, chem- not chemical, but like sometimes when I think about like Cheetos and those different kind of uh, crystals, like, like chemical, not that very natural as we like, like Richard said like yeah. synthetic flavors yeah yeah yeah, like yeah as like I don't like um we have these things of being really healthy in Italy also because the Mediterranean diet has been like and um, like prove like I don't know if it was something about UNESCO or something like that you know you live longer yeah I don't know it's like it's been put somewhere I, I I forgot to check but it's like really healthy and stuff with yeah. all the olive oils and things like that so we usually get like a bit scared as a whole like um of seeing these tickle tastes of mm-hmm. things even in, in supermarkets like it's hard to find them maybe of course in the big ones it's easier but like me and my family owning a supermarket and being like um, a brand that has like more, it goes more for the quality rather than the quantity. So it's really hard to, to find these uh, weirder different things. One thing I wanted to ask as well, Ilaria, you said like you've been traveling around the world, you've lived in Germany, obviously Italy, born and bred, and you went to Australia. Are there any bizarre habits or any bizarre things that you've come across during your travels that either the Brits do the Germans do the Australians do is there anything that you just think what the hell are you doing I think that the first culture shock as it was also uh, said in in the in that episode by your friend is the chicken and pasta (laughs) and I tried it and the texture is just, for me, it's just gross. Just those two textures together, it's just, oh my God. And this episode, I remember this moment, my sister came to visit me while we were in Erasmus. So I knew Yvonne would make this weird shit, let's say. It is. It <laughs> no, is a delicatessen. Shut up, no. I cannot accept this one, I'm sorry. <laughs> no. My sister, which was like kind of like her first proper like travel, like and staying with uh, people from other countries, she was to say that she was shocked, it was it's not enough. <laughs> she was like, What the fuck is she eating? And why the fuck is she eating it in a bowl and not in a fucking plate? You know? <laughs> So just to give context, I made chicken pesto pasta. Yep. Very normal. Nope. <laughs> I'm sorry, Yvonne. No, not normal. Why? You're not even Italian, Richard. Yeah, but I looked at Fausta this morning when I said it, and she just went, she just literally looked at me and said, fuck. But no. how do you know that was to do with the food? <laughs> it's Fausta. <laughs> <laughs> So she swears all the time. It could have been to do with anything. It's glorious when she swears. <laughs> Big up Fausta. I mean, I went to I went to Australia and there was chicken mince, and I thought that was the abomination of the world. Chicken mince. It looked disgusting. It literally looked like dog food. Yeah, there are some things that should just not exist, like 
minced chicken burgers, <laughs> chicken turkey sausages. Why? Why do you hate but yourself why? that much? Like turkey mince is really good and healthy for you. Oh, What's wrong with chicken yes. mince? But it's literally dicing up chicken chicken fillets into mince. It literally it just, it just no. Yeah, but it's the same process as as dicing a turkey, like mincing a turkey. Yeah, but turkey's acceptable. Minced chicken. Why? Why? No, neither, neither. Okay, Richard, go first. Why not? Because turkey's quality, it's 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 turkey dry as fuck. Yeah, but really, if you look, oh man, turkey is beautiful. It's it's a a staple Christmas food. Do you Um, know what I have for Christmas, Richard? what, What boiled turkey? I have lamb because turkey That's... is dry as fuck. But hang on, hang on, hang on. Think, oh man, if on, you can't do this to me. It, it, lamb is an Easter dish. It's 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 Easter. It's lamb is traditionally served Easter. You don't serve lamb at Christmas. You no, no. This is what I can't handle. This kind of like militant approach to when you should have certain food. That is yeah, like, but it's all about seasons, Ethan. Seasons, no, 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 no. The best quality lamb is from um, the UK or New Zealand. Um, lamb is best served at Easter because it's most tender at Easter. It often goes best with the red wine that is from the region um, that is often um, and uh, served at the same time. It's all about flavor profiles and seasons, as particular vegetables, fruits, the meats, lambs. And all of that type of stuff is best served in particular seasons. You do not serve lamb at Christmas. What is wrong with you, Yvonne? No, no, delicious. No, I can agree with what you're saying about um, agree with me here, please. Back and me like different, you know, what season is best for this and that. But I guess that like the difference that I see is that I just like my opinions are just impact me, right? I don't care what you guys eat, but apparently, Richard, you really care what other people eat. Yeah, but it's all about it's all about delicates. It's all about seasons. And if you read the delicious magazines, they actually have a specific page that talks about what food is in season. Why do you want to control quality. what other people eat so much? I don't. Why is that? You do. It's just it's just because having studied it, raised it, been around food all my working life, like Tom, uh, like Tom and Ella. We, we, we once say we're all traditionalists. We all have our own opinions and views. But it's all about what is served at the best time, when it's served at the best quality. Can I say, so Tom, obviously being a food, I would say the the most foodiest expert in this panel, right? He surprised me at how open-minded he was. So, like, kudos to you, really, Tom. Um, And can we now come back to the chicken and turkey thing? They're so related. Like, the birds are so related. Like, why can you have turkey and and not chicken? I just don't think mincing it up and making a sausage out of poultry is what the big man uh, in, meant for us to do with them. The whole point of a sausage is it's meant to be succulent. It's not meant to dry out as, as soon as it gets some heat. So, yeah, I just I don't see... So are you against point. both po- poultry? Not against them. I've just had them and they've been horrific. Okay, so at least you've tried it. Yeah. And I, I think that's like a big, like important thing is like, yes, we can be open-minded to trying different types of foods and stuff, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we have to like everything, right? Like, no. well, I've tried chicken sausages; they were okay. They, I just would never have them again. They were bland as hell. But I, I would, just, I, yeah, no, I'd just never try them again. Yeah, with you on that, I would say that like 
in China, we do mince chicken. I kind of side with you guys. I'm not a big fan of it, for sure. Um, I can't quite remember what we mince it for. Maybe meatballs of some sort? I was going to say turkey mince is delicious. I have turkey. So my friend actually wanted to contribute to this episode. She couldn't join us today. Ela from your episode. So Ellis wanted to say a big hello. Yeah. And uh, she makes turkey lasagna. And she said it's an absolute game changer. It's because the flavour profiles when turkey and beef, obviously, that if you cook it well and cook it right, it can give off some of the, 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 the quality of the juices, if that makes sense. Uh, it can give off some really delicate flavours. Um, Could you I, say that for every meat? Yes, because every single meat gives off specific flavours. Um, it's like then pairing it with a wine. It's you, you pair a light wine with a chicken. You don't pair a heavy, uh, a heavy meat with with a light wine. It just doesn't make sense. Richard, are you drunk right now? No, I'm not drunk right now. Thank you. <laughs> you drink wine with every meal. No, I do not drink wine with every meal. I do drink other things too. I, do I see you sipping <laughs> wine with your breakfast cereal in the morning sometimes. That's called orange juice, Yvonne. I was drinking Pina Colada <laughs> when I got home tonight. Thank you. <laughs> Is there any other hot takes that anybody was desperate to share? I, when I was re-listening to the episode, um, I just wanted to say I'm not uh, something that uh, I've heard other people say. Uh, I'm not vegan at all. Not not vegetarian. I try. I found it easier to be when I was in Australia. Uh, for like logistical reason, I think because I was living most off of Austria, so we didn't have a freezer where I could store the meat, and I was I just wanted to to change my diet a little bit. And there are more coffees and restaurants that do vegan stuff. And uh, I remember in the episode in the episode when uh, you guys were saying about the names and um, changing the names and why and what. I think that um, what I've heard it was it was that some people about the names and you know uh calling like if cauliflower uh, chicken wings or yeah. uh bacon or whatever it is mm-hmm. uh, i've heard this thing that it i think it makes a lot of sense that a lot of people uh, became vegan not because they don't like meat but for ethical reasons mm-hmm. so it's not they they don't like the taste of what they were eating so maybe having the name would um kind of remember kind of like easier to to associate what was it and just have it as in a vegan version so it could also be used i think as to um, make other people that are not vegan maybe try and so that they're more acquainted like they already know kind of like the dish and they'll be like oh i'm gonna try and see blah blah, blah. so i i guess that could be a good like reason not that everything is good or like even the the, the faker or whatever was that <laughs> but i think that could be a good uh, way to see that um, naming thing by like association kind of thing yeah so for example if i was going vegan though maybe tom can give some insight because you said your wife yeah. is vegan but like if i was going to go vegan i wouldn't want a substitute i just want to try new foods because i reckon that like i prep like personally i think vegetables actually taste better like i think vegetarian dishes do taste really really good and sometimes better don't pull that face ethan um than quite a lot of meaty meals right 
So I would rather just try and experiment with different vegetables and different vegan foods rather than try to replicate. I don't know if you can give any insight. I agree with you, Yvonne. I agree with you. You do? Thank you. So my wife is an incredible cook and she has got very creative. She will look at a recipe and she will kind of, she'll look at a meaty recipe or a dairy recipe and she will adapt it. And some of the stuff she comes up with is incredible. Um, She's a brilliant baker and she can get over the fact that she can't use eggs. And some of what she churns out is fantastic. Uh, I wish yeah. I had what she had. <laughs> the creativity I, of this doing, it's amazing. She she is very creative, that's the thing. Um, yeah. Uh, she, she will regularly use stuff that, I think the big issue with vegans is the protein aspect because if you look at what's high in protein, it's meat, it's some cheeses, and it's eggs. So it's getting that back in that is the real difficulty. Uh, you can do it. Um, you need to lean heavily on things like beans, pulses, um, and then go down the Linda McCartney route. But some of the Linda McCartney stuff, like the um, they do a chorizo-style sausage, they're brilliant. They're incredible. Um, I just don't know why I haven't converted. Tom, please don't go vegan. Please don't go vegan. I won't. You've met me in real life. You know that would be far too difficult. (laughs) But for example, a chorizo-style sausage, right? I'm still trying to... Do do people just want the flavour of of it being replicated? But like Ilaria said, having the ethicalness of not eating the meat... I think so. I mean, I think I think Charlotte went vegetarian when she was quite young, and that was down to the ethics of it. And now it is more for health reasons that mm. she has knocked um, dairy on the head. Uh, for as long as I've known her, she's never eaten eggs, and I think that's down to an allergy. Uh, but yeah, she, she has a fantastic diet, and she still manages to have stuff that looks and smells good. The only thing I would say is vegan cheese is horrific. It's either Haribo consistency and it won't melt or it's, or it's made of coconut stuff and it smells horrific. I was vegetarian at university um, for the final 18 months of me being at uni. Um, and what I couldn't get over was cauliflower steak. It literally was just a, a, a cauliflower ch- cut in half. I, I think the fact that Mox was meant to actually stop actually selling that product was one of the great days of my life because it looked ridiculous um but actually i got i had to learn to get quite creative when i was at uni because i was on such a fixed budget um it was all about using spices and and being clever with my cooking style um i do think the rise of some really interesting inspiring food bloggers and books uh and authors of, of vegan food um I, I, I really got into my vegetarian, and, and to be honest, um, I love meat. I will always eat meat, but in the summer, I, I eat a lot more vegetarian food. Why did you tell Tom not to go vegetarian? Because I just can't ever imagine Tom being a vegan. <laughs> I just can't imagine my friend Tom. As, as, as I've worked with Tom, I know Tom, I consider him a good friend. I just cannot imagine him as a vegan. Because that means he would have to give up beer. Not all of it. Like nowadays, 
a lot of beer is marketed as being vegan. It just means it's unfiltered, or if it is filtered, it's not ground up fish guts. So that can of um, Spanish lager that Ethan was drinking earlier probably isn't vegan. And that's down to what they've used to clarify it. Ethan, you were shaking your head a lot there. Do you have something to say? I just think it's absolutely incredible that one of the best days in Richard's life was when MS stopped selling cauliflower steak. That is, that's priorities. This man knows his food. Um, yeah, he's dedicated. It was the abomination. Why would you cut a cauliflower in half and then cut it again and then try and sell that for £2.50 for a cauliflower steak? I don't get it. Literally, they would just cut it. They cut the centre of the cauliflower. They cut the ends off and they'd literally have the centre, the core bit and the middle. And then they'd try and sell that for £2.50 a go. The audacity. What a waste of cauliflower. Honestly, ridiculous. I'd rather make cauliflower cheese. Maybe you can use it as instead of the bread in your um, FTB. No, no, not happening. Sorry. No, that's (laughs) offensive and you know it. If you grill it, maybe. Next next thing you're going to tell me is you're going to have cauliflower rice. You're going to make cauliflower rice. I've tried it. Cauliflower rice is okay. It's not the most flavoursome, but it's okay. I mean, that's not the most convincing okay, Yvonne. That's damning with faint praise. Yeah, I okay. So I have a reason why I need to have some substitutes. So because of my diabetes, obviously cauliflower rice is way less carbier than normal rice. Mm-hmm. So I experiment with bulgur wheat, uh sorry, Ilaria, but like courgette. So courgette okay, spaghetti. Yeah. Uh oh, I don't know how you feel about this. So we've found a really low carb um pasta that's made of edamame beans and mung beans that's okay we have some like uh, lentils pasta or like yeah uh, for like people who are like um gluten-free pasta yeah in 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 supermarkets too so it's not too like it's not something that you would find uh, in restaurants and stuff like that but i've seen it in many supermarkets so it's okay it's not a big deal do you not try quinoa or, or, or couscous? Because quinoa is wonderful. Oh, yeah. Very soft, very delicate. Couscous is just one of the best things in the world ever. Yeah. Because it's so enough. adaptable. Ethan, yeah, oh couscous. my goodness, I've just seen a, a face from Ethan there. What's going on? That is probably the only thing that I 100% agree with. <laughs> couscous is gorgeous. Yeah, I love it. When done properly. I mean, yeah. when done properly. Quinoa is harder to cook, though. If if you don't cook it properly, it just tastes tastes like. I agree with that. Shit. You have to cook it with something because <laughs> otherwise it tastes boring. Yeah, Ethan's never tried my cooking, so one of the first dishes I plan on making him is actually I I don't really have a name for it. Anything where I just shove loads of things together is called a bonanza. So it's a bulgur wheat bonanza that I'm gonna cook him. Okay, Yvonne's bonanza sounds worrying to me. <laughs> Betsy's bonanza. <laughs> that sounds better. Honestly, I will pay to watch Ethan eat that wonderful... Hey, oh my God! Uh, one of our colleagues at work has already tried it. I mean, he was hungover, but one of his oh, one well. of them's already tried it and he loved it. Hang on, which one are we talking about here? Well, I don't want to... I don't know if he's given me permission to name drop, but... Um, and he thought it was fantastic. Uh, Tom, did you have something to add, sorry? So hearing you mention about Bonanza makes me wonder, has... Yvonne or Ilaria 
come across uh, an Iceland tapas. An Iceland? Oh, it's like a beige buffet. So when you go and raid Iceland for turkey dinosaurs, onion rings, mozzarella sticks, and then you generally have it on a Sunday when you're <laughs> rather hungover and regretting oh, yeah. life choices. <laughs> we call them uh, like picky bits. That's it. Oh, Very Jordan okay. North. Picky it's, bits. It's a student hangover of, of desperation of <laughs> I need to eat because I'm hungover. What was I doing last night at two in the morning? Yeah, it sounded exactly like that when Tom was uh, saying all the, the food. I was like, all right, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I thought you were talking about a smorgasbord or something. Yeah. Like an actual like Scandinavian like Icelandic. Lo loads of like small dishes. Uh but no, you're talking about the supermarket Iceland. Yeah. Oh no, sorry. Yeah, I was also, I was as like Ethan, I was like, I like, no, I've never been to Iceland. Food fishy tapas, like. <laughs> that fermented shark in a tin. <laughs> Just as we come to a close, do you all have any final words or like I said, any final hot takes to, to end with? Richard, did you want to hit us first? I'm gonna I'm gonna actually let my other my other guests go first because I'm not sure I've got to think about this because you've got to digest I've got to digest this because this has been a really fun interesting evening Tom or Ela after you all right ladies okay. first <laughs> okay so um, I think that for me um, one of the most things that I like about food is that. Uh, food is also what makes uh, a place special. Like for me, um, it's 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 food is sacred in some kind of ways, and uh, I have lots of memories about travels and places that I visited also because of the food. Because when you have that particular food, uh, I don't know. I think about a carbonara in Roma. It's just tasted different because you can nowadays have the best uh, guanciale which is not bacon or pancetta that you put in carbonara <laughs> uh, you can also do it at your home but it will never taste the same as when you have it in in rome, in rome. so i think that for me uh, the good thing about food is that um, every place is at its own and that's what makes it special what a beautiful sentiment I don't know if Tom or Richard can top that with our British oh, statements and our down. British cuisine. This, this sounds so much. This sounds so much Italian. I'm sorry, everyone. You you brought the culture. Ela should have went last. She should have closed it with the poet, the poetic statement. Yeah, gentlemen. So I can't top it, but it is very refreshing to hear someone Italian speak so passionately about it. Um, it's what we aspire to in this country, but all we get is just arguments about what you call a bread roll. <laughs> <laughs> That's poetic in its own way, Tom. And Richard? For me, one of the most important rooms in the house of when you buy a house is the kitchen. Um, it's the most commonly used room in a house. Um, and having brought up in a home where hospitality is really important and having friends for dinner regularly is normal. Um, and something my dad taught me as, as a kid, that the most important thing in life is community. It shapes us, it defines us, and it makes us who we are. 
I believe food is is like that. It's a community with lots of different quirks, like um, Ethan's pasta dish, but it makes Ethan Ethan. Um, and I have to say, food is is in its own way beautiful. Um, but we of course will argue over the the quirks, but quirks make us normal, make us human. Um, and it's been such a pleasure coming on tonight. Thank you, Richard. It's a pleasure having all three of you on. Super fun, you know, good back and forth. Maybe I sounded a little angry at some points, but it was all in good fun. <laughs> oh, there are a God, lot of fans fun. of angry Ethan out there, so they're <laughs> so going to be I'll... lapping up this episode. I wasn't I angry enough, them. apparently. <laughs> I was expecting to give you a bit more of a roasting Ethan, but you got you made some good points. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I do want to, I do have one more hot take that could disturb some people. Um, and we were going to end on such a high. You know I had to ruin it, right? Of course. Yeah. It's just, an, it's just a hot take. It's just something to think about. It's not really a take, right? I don't think I'm committing fully to it. You never do. But I only commit fully to the possibility of something. So what I want to say is that think about like some of the most popular foods or dishes in the world and how like I think it's pretty highly likely that the best version of that food or a significant proportion of the population might believe the best version of that food is not made in the country of origin. Would you like to give the example of pizza, Ethan? So I would not be surprised if the best pizza in the world that I think, that let's, let's say like I, the best pizza that I think, yeah, no, my favourite pizza in the world is not made in Italy. And I would not be oh, surprised what? if many That's people disgusting. thought this. I no. would not be surprised if many people thought this. Right, Ethan, you've just blown out all of the respect I had for you there. I think yes, more beer is required, Tom. I just knew what you were going to say. I just knew where you were heading with it, Ethan. What is your favourite type of pizza? I don't know. But Chicago deep pan? No, no, no. I said Chicago deep dish is underrated and arguably is better than Italian style. Did not say it was my favourite. Sorry, what? Have you ever been to Italy? Have you actually ever been to Italy? No, I haven't. Napoli. Nor have I been to Chicago, just to let you know. It was from Iceland, guys. The deep dish was from Iceland. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Iceland deep dish, Iceland Italian style. Ethan, you've got to go to Italy. Man, how can you make a statement like that without going to Italy? What is wrong with you? I'm waiting. I I, I can make that kind of statement. But I'm not trying to hide the fact that I haven't been to Italy. I'm very open with the fact that I've never been to Italy. But I can only judge based on what I've had, right? I can't commit to saying Italy, Italian pizza made in Italy is the best because I've never had it. How can you expect me to say that? No, fair enough. And also, like, I've had some of the best pizzas of my life in Australia, but it was made the Italian way. I agree with that, Ilya. By Italians? Yeah. Yeah. Same okay. here. But that, that's fine. But I think that's covered by my statement. 
Yeah, but no, no, no. You're you're saying is, and from what I heard, you what you're saying is, you're saying that um, frozen Chicago town pizza is better than Italian pizza. No, I did not use the word frozen at all. Um, no, I'm just saying it's possible that many people might think like might think that their favorite dish is a dish that is not made in that country, that dish's country of origin. Right. Tom, you want to say something? I agree, but that's no different saying it's possible that monkeys can write Shakespeare. It's a hypothetical. Yes. So? And hypotheticals are just that. Um, I'm not saying I'm not saying you're wrong. However, um, it 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 would go quite some way to go against massive opinion uh, that pizza is best in Naples. I've never been there, but I know that it would be the best there. Um, yeah. Can I, mean, can I say, like, something just came to my mind, and you probably guys know it, because it, this makes me laugh so much. If It's like when Gina da Campo said, if my grandmother had wheels, she would have been a bike. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is a very famous Gino DeCampo statement. I really need to share that clip on the bloody Instagram now for everybody to have context. Because if you haven't seen that clip, it is honestly delightful. Um, yeah. Again, I don't really want to rock the boat, but the best gelato I've ever had wasn't in Italy. Um, and again... I think the best sushi I've ever had wasn't in Japan. So the best sushi I've ever had was probably in the US, in New York. But it was made by a Japanese person, if that counts. I suppose it leads you on to the argument, what defines what it is? Is it who's making it, the ingredients they make it with? Or yeah. is it it being made in a place? Is it is it champagne? Is it just sparkling wine? That is a fair comment. Sparkling wine has to be really special, though. Wine is special. Champagne and sparkling wine are very different things. Prosecco is classed as a sparkling wine. It's not classed as a champagne. Do you think I'm not a classy bird then, Richard, for liking Prosecco so much? I mean, I think Prosecco is wonderful, but it does. it's, a, it's naturally a, a product that is very associated with apple-related flavours because of how they make it and the style it's made. Um, I think you would actually probably quite like um, pink Prosecco. That is an actual thing. Um, actually very delicate, um, but very soft. But what I would love to see is you to try an English sparkling rosé um, from made in Windsor, um, which is beautiful. It's actually made on the Windsor estate. Um, absolutely stunning. Claire, do you uh, sell these wines, Richard? Yes, yeah, I, that's what I used to do for 10 years. I worked oh. in the wine industry. Um, studied wine, studied cheese alongside that, and then actually sold it as well. Not to end on such an, a damning statement as well, but I think champagne tastes like piss water. Okay, that's surely a, 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 a whole thing on its own, right? Champagne. Honestly, you, it's just because you haven't tried quality champagne. It was dirty. Every single no. time I've tried champagne, it's dirty, Richard. I don't think no, you could... No. I think Ethan is more likely to change my mind on his stir-fry than you're likely to change my mind on champagne. Tom, Please back me up here, Tom. Quality champagne is wonderful. Beautiful. I don't even believe that statement. I'm I'm not adult enough to really appreciate wine. 
Um, he learned up here. Champagne and, and, and good quality sparkling wine is beautiful. Sorry? Good quality sparkling wine is beautiful and elegant and lovely. Yeah. But not as much as champagne. Even though I prefer Prosecco. My kind of girl. <laughs> Honestly, if I gave you if I gave you a, a, a 182 pound or 185 pound bottle of champagne you would and, and it was a blind taste you would know instantly that it was good no so my other half and his friend got the house red the most expensive red in a restaurant in reading recently right and yeah, it no. was dirt it yeah, was honestly, actually dirt yeah but honestly Yvonne if I took you to a wine tasting a proper actual wine tasting where the most the... expensive doesn't mean it's the best it, no it's it... the it doesn't it come all to the fact that at the end is like personal taste. So if so Yvonne, this is where I'm gonna challenge you. Okay, and, and Tom will know the answer to this. How much does the wine cost in a five pound bottle of wine? How much does the actual wine cost in a five pound bottle of wine? Ethan, you go first. What the fuck have I said to make you think that I would know the answer to this? Tom? I think to be fair, I think this is going to head on to a different topic. Wait, wait. Yeah. Before what you I say liked... anything, I want to say their house wine was their most expensive bottle of wine. That's yes. what you said. That's concerning. That's fucked. That's fucked up. It was like eighty pounds for like for house wine. Yeah, that's that's that, that's that's wrong. That can't be right. Eighty, 80 pounds, pounds for a bottle of, house of wine in Reading. Yeah. I mean, where were you? Okay, I'll have to check if it was the house wine, but regardless, I just want to end on the sentiment what Ilaria just said that it's all down to personal taste, which I think maybe four out of five of us in this panel would agree with. Well, I'd agree with that too. Okay, four Very five. Brave four of five, you guys. To, to uh, <laughs> be self aware to know that she meant you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, this is where I, I want to actually get. Yvonne a really good bottle of champagne and just do a blind taste with her. I wouldn't say no, Richard. I expect it tomorrow with my bacon feta and tomato sandwich. Yeah, but a 175 pound bottle of champagne. Are you kidding, right? You're the wine man. You can make it happen if anybody else, Richard. That is true. I could make it happen. And on that note, it's been amazing having you all. Um, we definitely had some fun. I'm sure our listeners had loads of fun. Probably shouting at the uh, at their TV, microphone. At their, microphone, at their phone. They're shouting a lot. Um, but yeah, no, thank you all for coming on. Thank you for having me. Thank you thank so you much, very... Ethan, Yvonne. Thank you again for having me. And it was lovely to meet you, Alaria, and you, Ethan. Thank, thank you so much, time. guys. Me too. And if you want to be on the next listeners panel, you know where to find us. We are on Instagram. We are on Twitter. We are on Facebook at Permeable Minds. And if you're feeling brave, send us a cheeky email at permeablemindspodcast at gmail.com. And we will see you on the next episode. See you next time.